Morning, church. How are we doing? Good. It's been a little while since I've been here. I got cut for about six months, and I was hoping a few of you guys were filling the gaps and stuff, but I'm back, and, um, and it's good to see. And I don't, I don't know about you guys, but when you're in a situation and you are involved in things, you don't really see the change. And I just wanted to say this morning, like, this place is looking good. There's a real good presence here. There's, it feels like something is going good, like God is here and he's taking you guys somewhere. And sometimes in the midst of it, you guys can't see it all the time and you're just potting along, like you can't see your kid growing and like 10 years later they're leaving home or something. But here, something is going good. And so I just want to just honor like the leaders, Paul and everyone else that are serving and doing stuff in this place. You guys are doing a good job. So be, yeah, I don't know, but something's going good. So well done. Um, also, John, where's John? I well, only just did the notices. Man, that was awesome. I'm a fan already. If you don't mind, I'll steal your offering talk and stuff. So I can, and a few of your other little comments, I might just steal that and take that back to Whangarei. Take a little bit of Kai Tai down there. It'll be good. Hey, but um, this morning, firstly, happy Father's Day to everyone, those fathers that are here this morning. Um, but this morning, I want to talk to you guys. I want to look at just about the inner man and the inner woman. I want to look at the Father's love and, and combine it with relationships in this place this morning. And I've got a little bit of a slide there. Just give you something to think about this morning as we get into the message. But the other day, it kind of it came out of an instance the other day where I had, for the first time in, I think it was about a year and a half, we had the opportunity, me and my wife, to not have both our boys for a night. So we had been stuck with all our kids for about a year and a half. And so we were like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna really enjoy this 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 night off, and I'm um, just we still were gonna have one kid, but we were gonna get rid of two kids. Okay, so for us that was like gold. Your parents, you know what it's like. Sometimes you get stuck in that way of life, and you can't get a freedom and time to yourself. So we we had this booked in our calendar as this is our day, and it'd been such a long time. We were so keen to just spend some good quality time together and just just I don't know just. Do what you're supposed to do when you have a, a night to yourself and go out and party and, and do all that kind of stuff, all the old dating stuff that we used to do when we were young. And it came to the day, and we still had the little girl, and it came to lunchtime, and we, the kids moved off, and we're like, this is it. And we kind of, we just, we just went home, we sat down for a little while, and time just started ticking, and it came to like, before we knew it, it was like five o'clock, and we're like, oh, okay, we better go, better go out and book some dinner, go out on a date, do what you do, and... Um, we just sat there and we were just like, oh, actually, nah, let's, we'll just find something in the fridge. And we just found some nibbles, found some nibbles, and it got to like 7.30, and we're like, okay, should we go get a movie or do something, you know? And we are just in the end, we just were like, nah, let's just go to sleep. And we were pretty much in bed by 8.30, and that was our one-off date. And, like, and that was seriously in over two years, probably our first date. And we smashed it. We did everything right. We did the perfect date. But um, it made me start thinking afterwards. I was like, oh, am I like a bad husband? Like, have I missed? Like, my wife was supposed to probably get roses, and I was supposed to take her out on a date and do all the things right. And I kind of sat there the next day, and I was like, how bad am I? Like, have I missed something here? And it, and it got me thinking. And I was like, I looked into it, and I was like, I didn't really ask my wife whether everything was okay, but I was just like, nah, she's sweet. I've got, I'm, I'm all right, guy. It must be okay. And I was thinking about it, and I was like, we actually spend a lot of time 
in the evenings, once we get the kids to bed, we rush it, get them down, and then we sit down and we, she has a Milo or whatever at 8.30, it's always planned with a biscuit, and we sit there and we just talk, and we connect, and I was looking at it afterwards, I was like, we're okay. Maybe we didn't do the, the flash date this time, but we've been connecting on a heart level, and we're still doing okay in the midst of this busy, busy season. And sometimes we can take it for granted that our partner or the other person is always there. And my wife, in a sense, is always there. I come home from work, she's there. And, and without realizing it, we can sometimes just take it for granted and not think about it too much. And this morning, I want to kind of just challenge us with that thought pattern in the sense that, in the same way, we serve an amazing God. Jehovah, or whatever it says, it says, Jehovah Shama, the God who is always there. He is the God who is ever-present in our situations, the God who is doing life with us wherever we go, whatever we're about in our good seasons, and our bad season. He is a God who is always going to be there by your side and with you. But the challenge is, is do we take that for granted? Do we just go, hey, he's a God who's always there, and that's awesome. Just like sometimes with our relationships, our wives or our partners are always there, and that's a good thing. But this morning, I want to tell you there's something more that God wants out of a relationship than just the fact that he is there. He's got so much more for us than just being there. All right, I understand that sometimes there's people that don't relate to everything, and so I've got to try to incorporate everyone. And so this morning, I thought I'd just suddenly bring in the single people here quickly and just have a little bit of a message, short passage for you guys. Um, I'm out of the game for like so long. I have, can't really help you guys too much, but I Googled, okay? So I actually Googled Christian um, pickup lines in church, okay? Don't, okay, this is where you, you guys can't blame me. But this is what Google came up with. And I thought, I'll just throw this out there just to help those that aren't in relationships that don't understand what I'm trying to get at this morning. Okay, so the first one, I'll give you two, okay? Take them or leave them, up to you. But the first thing is to find someone in the church or in, around and just go up to them and say, hey, look, I know you're probably 22, but you've got to make sure they look older than 22, okay? And then you always come down. It's just a, what you do, guys. And so you just go up to them and say, hey, look, I know you're 22, and I just want to let you know that most Christians have been married for about four years by now, so how about settling for me, okay? And the next one is, whenever there's prayer time, it's probably illegal in this church, because it's illegal in our church, but just saying, first thing you need to do is just be the first one up there and just say, hey, do you mind praying? Do you mind me praying for you? Because I'm definitely willing to lay hands on you. <laughs> just giving you some clues. As I said, I've been out of the game, so I don't know if they're going to work, but I'll leave it with you guys. All right. Life is wasted if we do not grasp the glory of the cross. Cherish it for the treasure that it is, and cleave to it as the highest price of every pleasure and the deepest comfort in every pain. What was once foolishness to us, a crucified God, must become our wisdom and our power, and our only boast in this world. See, what makes a great relationship? I love the fact 
everyone knows how to do a good relationship. Whenever we ask people about what, is it, what makes a good relationship, everyone seems to know how to do it. They've got all these ideas on how to take the woman or do the dates and do all this kind of stuff and make everything right and, and all these kind of ideas. But the question is, are we doing it? And the second thing is, is that we're not only doing everything right on the outside, but are we connecting with the inner man and the inner woman? Are we connecting beyond doing everything right on the outside, and are we actually connecting with the heart? See, Jesus has this issue with the church in Ephesus, and he comes to them, and he's got this kind of thing, the same kind of issue, and he's just like, hey, I've noticed you guys are doing everything right. You guys as a church look amazing. You've got it sorted. But I want to challenge you on a hard issue this morning of something that's going on inside. And if you guys have your Bibles, it jumps in in Revelations 2. And now this is a message from the Lord uh, to the church and a letter that he's given for a messenger to present, and where he wants to just deal with something that's going on inside. Not so much the outside, not so much the dating, got everything sorted, looking good, got this relationship thing perfect, but he's like, hey, there's something that we are missing in this church. And he starts off like this, he says, hey, I know your deeds. I know your hard work, your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not and have found them false. You have persevered and have endured hardship for my name and have not grown weary. See, Jesus recognizes what the church is doing, what the people are doing, the hard work that's been going on behind the scenes and what they're putting into their relationship and doing everything right and all this. And he just affirms them. And I want to just give you some relational tips, because there's not much in the Bible about relationships, but here's one without realizing it. Jesus is very smart in this instance, because here he is, he's going to start to deal with an issue within the church, and he's going to drop a little bit of a bombshell on them, but first thing I want to just clear up with you guys, he's very good, and this will help guys as well, he definitely went straight to the point and started by talking about the good things, okay? If you're going to bring up an issue with your partner, just letting you know, Try to just soften it, okay? Bring up the good things. Just encourage them of all the good things they're doing. And then the next thing Jesus does here is, oh, you wouldn't have probably picked up at the start, but I'm just going to say it. My theology may be way off on this, but it was a letter, and he got a messenger to bring it. See, if you've got an issue with your partner, I want to just say, sometimes it's best not to be in the same room when you drop that bombshell, okay? So here Jesus is, and he's like, I'll write a letter, and I'll get a messenger to say it to you guys about what is going wrong. Just a tip for you guys, okay? And he says this, yet I hold this against you. And amongst the goodness and everything that looks right on the outside, there's something that you guys have missed. And whenever Jesus brings out an issue, it's always out of love firstly, okay? Never out of condemnation or anything like that, but love first. Why? Because he always wants the best for us. So when he's challenging us on something, it's always for the greater and the better of us. You have forsaken the love you had at first. 
Consider how far you have fallen. He's just like, man, can you guys remember what it was like when you were so in love and out of that love you served in love? Not out of religion, but you served because you were so in love. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. You have forsaken what it's all about. And here Jesus is just challenging them on the remembrance of what it was all about. You have not nurtured the greatest part of what it was all about. And that was the inner heart and the connection with me. Remember what it was like in the beginning when you came to me and said, hey, I'm willing to lay my life down for you. I'm willing to give up everything I have and to allow you to take control. And out of that love, you began to serve him. See, when you look back sometimes into, when I look back at my early days and when I first met my wife, man, I didn't care about much else. This is part of your life that, and you guys may relate to this, where you just like, actually people would come to me and say, oh, you don't, you don't own much yet. How are you going to support a family? How are you going to do all this kind of stuff? And I'm just like, I don't really care about anything else. All I care about is doing life with this beautiful woman for the rest of my life. And there's this picture of someone who has not allowed anything else to come between you, just like all you can see is the love you have for your partner and you are willing to do whatever it takes to be with them. And you do not care about your circumstances or anything else that is going on around you. Your eyes are just solely on this person and this will be your life. And Jesus is like, you guys need this heart connection. You need to make sure you not only have the outside or you're working on the outside, but most of all, I want you to grasp the heart connection with me. The corrective was to remember the heights of their former love and return to their previous ways of doing things. It was time for love to be the center of the church, not religion and doing the things out of the sake of doing things, but for love to come through in all that they did. In the New King James, there's this, Important distinction between the words that it says. It says that they left their first love. And the importance between this is that if you have, if you have lost your first love, you don't know where to find it. But if you have left your first love, it means somewhere along the line, you may not have intended to, but somehow you have moved away from it. And the good thing about it is that you know where to find it. I want to jump to, to Paul this morning and just have a quick look at him. And we're going we're gonna to read a passage about a prayer that he has for the, the fellow believers. And it brings out a real just inspiring passage of who the Father is and what his love is about and how he wants people to connect with the God who is love. But I want to just start firstly in Philippi and give you a picture of who he was. 
and how Paul did life in a sense. And here you have this picture in Philippians 3 verse 8 of Paul who was in prison at this point. And the recipients of the letter were suffering. Okay, so they were in desperate need. They were poor and just life wasn't going the greatest for them. And here you have Paul who was also not in the greatest position being in jail. But he begins to write this letter in very tough circumstances, and he expresses his happiness. Instead of saying, woe is me, I'm so unhappy, he doesn't respond that way at all. Instead, he has this winning attitude that causes you to envision him sitting in jail with this massive grin on his face. Do you guys ever remember people coming up to you in life and and they just like so cheerful about everything and their eyes are like glittering and you're like, and you're looking at them going, have you just met someone? Or they they had this spark about them and sometimes we can pick up on people that are just so in love and we're just like, oh, go away. Like come back in a year or so, like, you know, let things settle down. But you guys are just like, everything's just like, oh my gosh, everything's amazing. And we're like, oh, it's good for you. I'm glad. But Paul, in a sense, is like this. And he says here, he says, nothing is as wonderful as knowing Christ Jesus. In his circumstances and in this prison, he's just there going, hey, nothing is as wonderful as this. I have given up everything else and count it all as garbage. All I want in life and all I need in life is Christ. It's a man or a picture of someone who is in love. Someone who is connected on the inner heart. The inner man or the inner woman with a God and realize that all he needs and all he wants in life is this partner with him. Ephesians 3 verse 14 to 21, we'll skip to this and it says, this is just painting the picture, this is a prayer for the Ephesians. And in this passage, Paul is pretty much just saying, hey, if I can help you guys as believers, this is, this is what I'm going to pray for. If I can pray for anything to get you guys what you are called for and to get that into you, this is what I'm going to pray for. And he starts off in verse 14. He says this, Ephesians 3, 14. For this reason I kneel before the Father. This is serious, okay? From whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. He says this, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. He's just like, man, I want God to touch you in your inner being this morning. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, and high, 
and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses all knowledge. See, Paul's just like, man, I want this for the church. I want this for the believers. I want them to understand how great is the love of our Father. It's interesting here that he's talking about the Holy Spirit in this passage. And normally when we, we think about the Holy Spirit and His power, we, kind of, we normally think about things like prophecy. We think about miracles. We think about power to do this, power to do that. And we kind of associate the Holy Spirit in those instances. But in this passage here, Paul's like saying, hey, I want the Holy Spirit in you as an inner power and an inner strength to understand the love of Christ. I want the Holy Spirit to help you understand the love of a true Father this morning. It says there, it says it's a love that's beyond knowledge. And therefore he's saying, hey, I want the Holy Spirit to begin to stir this love up and for you to understand how truly loved you are. Paul's like, this is so important for you guys to not only have it looking good on the outside, but he says, hey, I want the inner man and the inner woman to connect with God above all else. Because this is what our Father is about. He's about relationship with the heart and not just us having a life that looks right on the outside. So that you may be filled to the measure of all fullness of God. We can so easily get caught up in, without realizing it, and doing life right. Having our Christian walk looking good. And sometimes that can actually be easier than this. We come to church, we do things right, we have it looking okay. But Paul in this instance is like, man, I actually want us to move past that for an instance. Because without realizing it, this God who is always there, and you know he is always there, we can sometimes take that for granted and miss that it's all about a relationship with the Father. That when we come to do everything right, that we come to do all our works that we are called to do, that we're not just doing them out of religion, we're not just going through the motions of this is who I am as a Christian, this is what I have to do and this is how I do it. But he's like, if I can grasp and if I can get you guys to grasp how great is his love, then maybe you will strive for these things, not out of religion, but if I can touch the inner man and the inner woman, then the outer will become and start to line up because you realize the love of Christ and you begin to work and dwell out of the love that he has for us. You see, we need to be filled with the fullness of God. So that all we do comes from love. Our good deeds, our works, no longer become religion, but come from the heart 
of a God that is so in love with each of us here this morning. None of us are called to have shallow relationships. I'm not, how do you say it? I'm not one to be all hearty, felt kind of a guy. Not, not me, I'm a little bit, my wife says I'm just straight. I don't have emotions, I don't go up and down. I'm just, I'm straight. Um, and that's, that's, that's okay. But I understand and I'm learning that I've got to connect with God. I'm more than just a, I'm a good guy, I do everything right. That that's not what God ever intended for me personally. And that's not what God intended for the church. That we should be going after the heart of God in all that we do. So that Christ may dwell in their hearts, rooted and grounded up in love, so that you may know his love and be full on the inside. See, Paul wants you to understand, and it's hard sometimes to understand this love of Christ. And he says it there, he's like, man, it's beyond comprehension. Like, I can explain it to you a little bit this morning, and I think of how do I explain love to you of a father or our God. And as a father, one of the things that kind of fathoms me is he was willing to allow his son to die for each of us. That is some crazy love right there. In our weaknesses, in our mistakes, in our imperfectness, he was willing to allow his son to die for each of us. In John 15 verse 9, Just as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. The same love of a father to his son. And all you fathers know what it's like to love your kids. It's, man, it's a beautiful thing. And he's saying in John here, 15 verse 9, it says, Just as the Father has loved me, Jesus, so I have loved you. I love you the same as my Father has loved me, is what Christ is saying in this passage. There's some crazy love in this. Who loves you? The creator of the universe. The one who created everything specifically loves you personally this morning in this place. This is some crazy love. A God who created the heavens and the earth individually loves you. And Paul is praying, God, by your Holy Spirit, please, by your Holy Spirit, allow these people to truly understand how deep and how wide is the love you have for each of them this morning. See, I can introduce you to God this morning. And just like in a relationship, I could introduce you if you're single to the next person who's single in the church and all that kind of stuff, but you will not fall in love with that person straight away. I can introduce you, but you need to 
go away and begin to get to know that person. You need to maybe go out on a date, go and sit down for coffee, but you need to start to connect for you to be able to understand who this person is. You see, nothing will happen unless you pursue it. Begin dating, in a sense, God. And Paul's just like, man, you may have left it. You may just be going through the motions this morning. But he's like, my heart cry for you guys is that you would come back to that first love. That you would be in a position where you would be like, hold on, this is my God. I understand how much he loves me. And I actually don't so much care as much as I did about what's going on around me so much. You may be going through some rough stuff in your life. You may be in an amazing place in this time and place in your life. But Paul's talking about this love that where you're just standing and you're just like, this is my main focus. Hey, if everything around me seems like rubbish at the moment, to me, I'm going to be okay because I have my love. I have connected with something, and above all else, I don't care about this so much. All I care about is knowing my Jesus Christ. I count everything else as rubbish in comparison to this love that I have from a father. If I could just ask the music team to come, come up this morning, that would be awesome. Even if you guys just do good, good father, good choice. In Ephesians 3, Paul finishes off his prayer, and he says this. And he starts to acknowledge who he's been praying to and who this person is that we are called to be in so in love with. He says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to His power that is at work within us. To Him be the glory in the church. In Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. It's like this is a God that you can trust. This is a God that you can put your life in. Whenever I first came across my wife, I was very uh, aware of who the person was and I was very challenged in my thought pattern to make sure that they were someone I could trust. If I was going to do life with them and I was going to lay down my boundaries in a sense and lay down my guard to fall in love with this person and do life with them and give up in a sense, I was willing to give up everything for this person. I had to be able to trust them. And I just want to just throw that out there this morning for those of you who may have struggled with trust, trust before in your past or in certain circumstances. And I want to say that God is a God whose promises are never failing. And when He says things, 
they can be trusted. And when it comes to being of that place of how much am I willing to give God? How much am I willing to lay down? Because sometimes if we can just be like, yeah, God loves me. I'm willing to give God a little bit of my life because, yeah, I know He loves me. But I'm talking about this morning, I'm talking about, are you willing to lay down everything? Do you understand how much He loves you? That you can come to that place of absolute sacrifice where you can just be like, I am willing to actually give up all that I am to be with this God. Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love, for I have put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go, for to you I entrust my life. Jehovah Shama, the ever-present, always there, God. But this morning, there's more to it than Him always just being there. My prayer is that you will be strengthened by the Holy Spirit to understand His great love for you. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts. So you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know His love that surpasses all knowledge. This morning, we want to just just say, hey, God is wanting to be the center of this church. God is wanting to be the center of your lives. Every aspect that you do, whatever you are charging for, whatever you are going for, whatever your priorities are right now, God wants to be the center of that. The God who is ever present. But can I ask you to be challenged this morning that you don't just do it. You don't just do church. You don't just do God out of religion. That you would go away, or even this morning, that you would meet with God on a personal, in a man, in a woman level and ask the Holy Spirit to help you to understand how great and how crazy His love is for you so that you will be willing to in all its fullness surrender everything that you are to God. If I could just ask, if we could just, maybe just close our eyes this morning in this place. And I want to always give this opportunity as I've been talking about the Father's love here and how crazy the love is for each of us that understand that there may be people here that don't know this love of God that we're speaking about 
that you haven't experienced at all. This morning, you may have walked away from God. And there may have been some point in your life where you were like, yep, I'm going to give my life to you. But for whatever reason, you may have walked out of that. And I want to say this morning that you are here for a reason. This is Father's Day. And we have no greater father than the Heavenly Father this morning. And if you are in that category this morning where you're just saying, hey, I don't, I don't know this God. Or maybe I've actually completely walked away from this God and I need a Father who's going to love me and guide me through life. I need to understand this this crazy love that you speak about that is unconditional, that He was willing to give up His Son for me, that crazy love, I need to know it. If you're in that place this morning, you want to say, yep, God, I actually need your love this morning in this place. If you've stepped away or for whatever reason, or you haven't met God before, then I want to ask just where you're seated, just lift your hand up. No one else is looking around. Just where you are. Is there anyone here that says, hey, I need to know God this morning? Thank you, those people. Is there anyone else here this morning? And you just like, yeah. Maybe I've been doing too much in my own strength and I need to, to hand something over. I need to let go of my guard and say, yep, God, you be God. Is there anyone else here this morning like that? Thank you, sir. If we could all just stand. We would, um, those that raise their hands, we would love to be able to just pray for you guys. I know it can be sometimes scary. But if I could just ask if you guys could just come forward. I could say no one's looking around, but we're all looking around. Just come forward. If you were saying, yeah, I need to give my life to God and give up my own desires in a sense to see Him be glorified in my life, just come forward. Come on, everyone give them a hand. Um, Paul, have you got a ministry team that they can come up and just begin to minister to these guys? God's good. All right, we're gonna we're just gonna pray this. If you guys, we're gonna do this right now. Is that all right? Okay. guys repeat it. All right, just say after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I come before you this morning and I ask that you would come into my life, that you would change me. You would give me your boldness that you would cleanse me of anything that is unclean. 
that you will begin to guide my life as I surrender mine to you. And everyone said, Amen. We're going to just stay here, stay here. Yeah, give them a hand. We're going we're gonna to just sing this song, Good, Good Father. And can I just challenge you in your space this morning just to connect with God. What a beautiful day Father's Day is as we celebrate the love of a father. And this morning I ask that you guys, if you're like me, you can get caught up in just doing life. But I want to just acknowledge the God who is always there. The God in every circumstance is always there for us. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. The ever-present. And out of that and that crazy love for us, can I ask that we, we connect with Him on a heart level? That we connect with the Father out of a real relationship. Because this is what our Father wants for us. He wants to connect with you here this morning. And in your own space, as we sing this song, Good, Good Father, just begin to connect with God. I can introduce you, but it's up to you.